we are talking about a comic book which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode 56 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and I am here today with Eddie Isaac, you, Andy Padel, and Joel Simon. You bastard. <laughs> we are here today to talk about uh, Spaceman. It's a Vertigo comic by Brian Azzarello and Eduardo Riso, the same uh, the same creative team that did 100 Bullets. Uh, this came out in 2011. Yeah, right after the New 52 launch. Yeah. After? after? Oh, you're right. It was after, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that would have, yeah. Yeah, it anyway, started in 2011. Um, started in 2011. We will talk about that in a little bit. But as we always start the show, we'll talk a little bit about the industry and uh, some so, and what we're reading and everything. And, and Andy had a, an interesting, interesting, of, an interesting Marvel tidbit, industry tidbit news. Share. So I, I heard from my story that apparently Marvel is going to start renumbering every year their comics with number one. Which kills me inside a that's little bit. So dumb. All it is, honestly, is the volume. Because if you think about it, it right, yeah, it, they, that's they, what they were doing it before, and it was just like so. If you look at Spider, like Spider Man Volume Three, how they would, or you know, it'd, it'd be like it. number one again. But I mean, I don't mind that they would do. I, okay, so there's there's part of me that doesn't. I don't necessarily mind restarting numbers and having volumes like that if they're marked that way, right? If you if you have. If if on the cover it said something like Spider Man Volume Four, yeah, or like I was saying, Andy Season. Seasons, like TV shows, right? Yeah. If you have, if you do have twelve issues in a year, and you call that Season One or Season Two or mm-hmm. whatever, like that, fine, totally fine with the renumbering thing. Right? It's, it's just it pro- like without people knowing stuff, it provides another barrier to get into comics, which yes. is my biggest problem. It does. Like, I mean, there's gonna be people who want to read X Men, and be like, okay, well, do you want to read uh, X Men? Do you want to read uh, Marvel Now X-Men, do you want to read all new Marvel Now X-Men? Do you want to read double plus good Marvel Now X-Men? Do you want <laughs> Super hyper action go-go X-Men? Oh, man. It's like a fucking Street Fighter game Giant. all of a sudden. <laughs> X-Men Turbo Edition. Giant size Turbo X-Men. <laughs> I, X-Men HD Remix. Yeah, right? I just... The, the problem that comic companies don't seem to get is that they're really... When you have characters that have been around for 60 years, there is literally nothing you can do to lower the barrier of entry except write good fucking stories. Mm-hmm. That's it. You can't... The, the cover numbering doesn't matter. Like, retconning your universe doesn't fucking matter. Because, in my opinion, a year and a half into it, the new 52 is actually less approachable than the DC universe has ever been. And because now, not only do you have... Yeah, you've got lower numbers on your issues, but you've got a universe that's f- so fucking confused for for long-time readers that anytime a new reader comes in and tries to talk about the new 52, like, so what happened back in blur, 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 and an old reader's going to be like, well, so it depends on what part of this made it through the new 52 and blur, 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 so I, I don't know. I don't really have such a... I, I don't really have such a problem with especially talking about the new 52. I've, you know, 
I'm the type of person that whenever people go to superhero or superhero movies with me, they always ask me, well, how does that compare to the comics? You know, how does this compare to the comics, right? And I'm like, you know, I see things as two different universes. And honestly, I yeah. see I see the new 52 and the original DC universe just as two different universes with similarities. It's like Earth. It's like sure. it's like Marvel being Earth six one six, and then having Earth six one seven. Where the only thing different is that Cable's eye doesn't glow. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like you know, that's the only difference. It's the only thing, but it's two different, totally different universes. And that's and that's how and that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah. And I see how they so they create a universe where Batgirl gets her back broke and she becomes Oracle, right? And then they create a new 52 universe where she gets her back broke, but she heals. Right. And while she's healing, she becomes Oracle, but then she goes back to being Batgirl. And that's, I mean, okay, so that to me, it's just two different universes, and it's kind of like, all right. You know? it, absolutely it is, but the thing is, is that their intention, I, I, their intention was to be able to draw in new readers with an entirely new universe, and I don't think they succeeded. What killed me most about and it. And I don't think, I'm sorry, um, go ahead. So what killed me most about it was that like, there were some books from the New 52 that I was excited about, and I started picking them up. And you know what? Every single one of those fucking books got canceled. They canked them? You were I a Voodoo Blue Beetle reader? Uh, <laughs> I, I was reading Metal War. I was uh-huh. reading, um, oh, fuck, I can't even, it's been a year and a half. I, there were four books that I was picking up. I'm like, this is great, this is great, this is great, and this is great. And then like, and the first wave of cuts is Voodoo and one of those books. And then <laughs> yeah, three months like, later, they're like, hey, you like those three books? Too bad. I think the only the only temporarily successful venture for getting new readers that worked was the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men was hugely was. successful, hu- was. especially sure. at getting new people. Yep. Like new people were like, "Oh, I can read these books and I don't have to worry about the fucking regular Nothing. continuity." Yeah, awesome. Yep, and then 10 years into their run after they had retconned half the universe and redone a bunch of shit and had 15 ultimate comic books and they were no longer called ultimate Spider-Man. They were called ultimate comics, amazing Spider-Man or some bullshit or ultimate comics Avengers instead of the ultimates. And and then they did exactly what they've always done and just confused the fuck out of their readership. And merged the two universes. And, and (laughs) yeah, and then, and then did exactly what they very specifically said. I remember the big deal was that there was a, a quote from, uh, I want to say it was Axel Alonso that was like we or maybe it was Joe Casada and it was like we will never mix these uni- these universes will never meet each other and then they met each other and they're like yeah so what we ch- we we retconned that statement <laughs> so so wait a second when did they meet each other um, Miles Morales met Peter Parker that's right yeah. oh he yeah. did yeah. yeah that was that was just like a one off thing though right. I don't know. I know. I it wasn't yeah, a series. It was like a one. It was like a one shot or a one. It wasn't. Yeah. Like a, and yeah. I mean, technically, technically as well. Um, oh, I guess it wouldn't necessarily be the main Marvel universe because I know that technically the the Ultimate Universe is another is came Earth. into um, met the Marvel Zombies universe at one point yeah. too, because there there was a point where uh, Reed Richards was trying to to open a portal of something and he ended up opening a portal to a universe where everybody was zombified and, and yeah. the yeah. zombies like and the ultimate universe is like oh yeah we just kill things in this universe Which is <laughs> like, you know, because and what, here's what's really funny right so let me tell you what marvel did so once you if you if you play uh, yes eddie why don't you tell us what marvel did i'm going to okay I'm going to in depth so <laughs> if you play if you play marvel versus uh marvelous capcom if you beat it with wesker they imply that Wesker is the person that created the Marvel Zombies universe because he captured every Marvel superhero by harnessing <laughs> powered Galactus and he turned them into zombies. Albert motherfucking Wesker, mad scientist. 
Oh God! Mad scientist shows up everywhere. Well, <laughs> they have done that before with the Ultimate Universe, uh, with the uh, Supreme Power. Sure. Yeah, we were Supreme Power. They came over where uh-huh. they had the the original um, Team Supreme. I can't remember. I know what it's called. Yeah, yeah, but they they came over and they they had this old big genre mixing mashup. Clash of the Titan. Well, Clash of the <clears throat> B Listers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much that's what it was. Yeah. So, so it has been done before, but I've heard they're canceling the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, like all together. They've been talking about that for like five years. Yeah, they like, finally oh, decided. I decided it's, to do it. It's a, it's weird because they're, they're talking. You know, they, this whole renumbering thing they're talking about doing. I just don't. I don't. I don't mind it because I also don't I don't necessarily care that a comic book is in its three or four hundredth issue. Do not give a shit. Um, But I don't I don't know what they're trying to accomplish with it, because all it seems like you're going to do is confuse people more. Because when somebody's going to be like, do you have Spider-Man in five years they are going to be? Do you have Spider-Man number one? Uh, Which number one would you like? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like. You know damn well that like five six years down the road somebody is going to be like oh I got a full set of Spider Man one through twelve oh no actually your three and four are from two thousand and sixteen and these are from two thousand fourteen it's like son of a bitch you know it's I don't know it's it's so it's yes it could end up I it can end up being confusing for collectors I suppose uh, yeah not casual readers but I can see it you just put you just put it into like a season into two trades and then you just move on. Yeah. No. So it can that's what it is, right. It'll be right, yeah. And see the here's where I guess this is where I was leading earlier and I completely forgot about my point until just now. If you do seasons, right? It's like like I was saying, like every year is a is a quote unquote season of the show or season of a particular book. And say you go say you're in your sixth season or whatever. For new readers, you're going to encounter the exact same problem that you have with long-running TV shows mm-hmm. is that Somebody is going to come up to you and be like, oh, God, you really should watch Supernatural. It's fucking awesome. And then people are going to be like, well, what season is it in? Nine. Like, it's in ninth, se- ninth season. And, oh, fuck, oh, I don't want to go back and watch yeah. nine seasons of a TV show. And it's going to be the same fucking thing. It's it's the exact same problem that you have with, with normal continuity where people are going to be like, people don't want to read the current stuff because they don't feel comfortable having to go yeah. back and relearn continuity and to so, get there. Yo, dude, dude, that's why. So there's a show you got to watch, right? It's called Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 1963. How many, how many seasons of it are there? Oh God. <laughs> Three hundred. So here's the so, first episode you should watch. Which one is it? It's the 50th anniversary of the show. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, it's like so. You know, and that brings the point that the one good thing that the creative, not the many good things, but one of the best things the creative team for uh, American Haunting. Is that what it's called? Yeah, different no, 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 has, has done uh, American is, Horror Story. American Horror Story is every season is is a totally completely diff- different, completely yep. different. So if you're like, hey, this is a really good show, you can watch it. You can start at season three. You haven't missed anything. That is one of the things that I so way back when twenty four first started. Right. That is what I wanted out of twenty four. I wanted like the first season of twenty four. <laughs> the first season of twenty four, I really enjoyed mm-hmm. the very first season. Everything after was that awesome. was garbage. What I and what I was hoping for was that the first season was going to be this story of Jack Bauer and one day in his life in the CTU yeah. and blah, and then season two was going to be a completely different story. It could even be in a completely different fucking universe. It, but that the premise was every season was twenty four hours set in real time, but just different characters, different 
premise, but unfortunately turned into the Jack Bauer power. Exactly. Now Jack Bauer and Batman, they might be equals. They should have just called. They should have just called the show. Where's the bomb? Where's the bomb? Set up us the bomb. Season five. (laughs) Jack Bauer. Yeah. Anyway, I um, I don't know. I I think it's dumb. I I also think. But it's, there's not a lot you can do with the big two, to be honest. There's there's almost nothing they can do because they're they're trapped by their they're own trapped history. by their own history, yeah, continuity, and it's it's just not. Well, so I, I wouldn't even say that they're trapped by their own continuity because they can do something like the Ultimates. The problem is is that they've been companies for fifty years, seventy years, yeah. three billion years, and they have you know this mentality of this is what's worked for us. This what is what works for us. Yeah. Why? fix it and yeah. I mean, to a certain extent comic books are designed to be you know like every four or five years you're supposed to get like a new group of kids in and they haven't read those previous stories right. so you're going to see that that cycle happen over and over and over again mm-hmm. so you know what if it still works go for it i think that what's what's also what's what's working what is working is this is the the because no because no one is perennially creating a new hero like because it's, it's, it's because right now everything almost every power and every ability and every instance has been exploited right who's, who's the last iconic superhero that you guys can think of century That's, spawn 92 94 yeah 94 yeah, I guess I guess Image has a few. Because yeah. and because, but I'm trying to think of. I'm. I don't. I can't oh, wait, remember. Invincible. When did that start? Invincible. That would be eight or nine years ago. No, it's almost ten years ago now. So I mean, um, yeah, I can't. I can't think of any in the in the big two. I can't think of any like characters that have become iconic yeah, within mo- the last most of the years. most of those heroes were created within the same ten fifteen year gap. So like the last Which thing is I was funny because Marvel would be probably something like Gambit. Yeah, and th- that's the funny thing is that there are all these characters that are iconic for Marvel now, and I don't mean Marvel now as in yeah. a brand. I mean Marvel at this moment that that were created in like the eighties and yeah. the, and the early nineties, like the like basically the entire. Uh, current X-Men team, fucking Wolverine and Storm and Rogue and Gambit and all of those are 80s like creations. Um, no, no, Wolverine's not 80s. Wolverine was late maybe late 70s. At, at yeah. I think he showed up in Hulk in the 70s. Sure. And that That's fucking right. his atrocious first appear- yellow... His first appearance is Hulk. His first appearance yeah. is, is Hulk. But a lot of those characters, what I'm trying to say, okay, Rogue is most most definitely Without an 80s yeah. creation. Yeah. Dazzler. So, Oh yeah, <laughs> Dazzler, um, Jubilee. And here's the thing: is that all those characters were created. It's it's weird. I want to I want to try and figure out where the stagnation point came for like Marvel and DC, where they stopped creating those new characters and making them iconic, and just started seventy four churning out Wolverine. They start to th- throw in like throwaway characters, but Chamber Life. <laughs> Right, what was uh, I blame? Liefeld Maggot was the one guy who had like the two worms that could eat anything. Yeah, Um, or what? Sugar Man. There you go. (laughs) Age of Apocalypse, creating brilliant characters such as Sugar Man and Blink. I think the only I think. Well, okay, but but honestly, I think it might be like the end of the eighties. Cable with with Liefeld, yeah, Cable, Deadpool, and that was it. And then Liefeld's like, you know what? Why am I creating this stuff for the big? were the big two when I could just do it myself, and it started that whole exodus to, to image, image independent, independent publishing. Basically. Yeah, sure. and I think themselves. I think that's when the the big publishers realized, like, oh shit, we can't 
have any new things because the creators will just take it for themselves. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, that I was I was thinking of too is that um, there's this huge, uh, you know, for the last probably ten or fifteen years has been the the argument of creators' rights has been a big deal, mm-hmm. and that's part of what I wonder now is I wonder if the the creators that are that are working doing work for higher stuff for Marvel and DC they're not they're not putting their best ideas there anymore because they don't want to lose control of them yeah, yeah. you yeah. know so it's like it's like back in the <clears throat> 80s you were still at the 80s and early 90s you were still at the tail end of people thinking that they had no other choice yeah so of course they're going to put their best ideas out there just so they can say yes i created this now if somebody has a really awesome idea, they're going to keep their fucking mouth shut, and they're going to they're going to finish out their work for hire contract at Marvel, and then they're going to go to Image, and they're going to make it. I'd say yeah. some, some, but it's th- never going to get the the big distribution. Like, it isn't like the other ones because. But the creators don't care. Yeah, they don't. Would you rather make you know, a hundred percent of fifty thousand sold or zero percent of two hundred thousand sold? Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. But there's never going to be any more. What is it? The Schuster family. They don't yeah. spy, uh, Superman. Yep. Those guys, that, that is never, situation is never ever going to happen again because they're still in litigation over that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and who gets royalties. Mm-hmm. And so the, the big two are going to sit on top of their cash heap and they're never going to give distribution or give any, put any kind of weight behind any new characters because if those guys take off, they're not going to get any benefits from that. So they're just going to keep on churning out stuff behind their characters. What, what, I, was, that they what I was leading into before was that, that, uh, the, so that some of the better stories that are coming out now are not even stories based on your traditional superhero ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like a couple of the books that we've we've read uh, recently, of course. So, Spaceman, freaking Stumptown. Yeah, um, it's all independent stuff. It's all independent stuff, but even the character is not your traditional like yeah. superhero character. And so, honestly, you know, of course, there's cer- there's certain people that are never going to lose steam. Okay, so Superman is not going to lose steam. Batman's not going to lose steam. Right, because they've already developed that fan base of the last freaking. They become icons. Yeah. Right, they're icons. Right, your iconic superheroes are not going to lose steam. Um, however, unless you have things like movies, like the Avengers and stuff like that, a lot most had ninety percent of the cast of the Avengers is a is a cast of characters that honestly lost steam in the in the readers' universe. Well, and the yeah. funny thing about char- the iconic characters like Batman and Superman is that even the um, even with those. When was the last truly iconic storyline for either one of them? I think Hush would be the last one I would remember for Batman. Hush Ooh. for DC. And Hush wasn't... In my opinion, Hush is not good. But... It's average. I agree. It's, it's, it's an... It's, but it's got like a huge it. following, like it. and it's, it's the last one that I can remember that people were like, this, regardless of whether you think they're right or not, that people believe it belongs in the same class as things like long dark night and long halloween and the, and the killing joke and yeah. you know the it is like hush was the last of those things yeah. and you don't see that the only, the only ones that have been out for like superman would be elseworld stories like red sun death and, of superman. Yeah. and death of superman, death of superman. And, and that was the, what 94 um, 95, 95. yeah all-star you know all-star like, superman but i don't like it but a lot of people think it's so iconic there's um oh my god i don't know i think zero year is okay, going to so, be zero year and court of owls I think those are, are going to be, yeah. But they're Court, not, Court they're of not going to be good. Court yeah, of Owls was really good. It's but it's the problem is it's not going to gain that that zeitgeist that sort of the general consensus of like you know uh, Long Halloween that is a Batman story. Yeah. You want to you want to know another reason why I don't believe it'll ever fall into that category because 
every single DC fan has to be like, oh, it's New 52. Yeah. Mm. Right? Now that they retconned their universe, now people can't put those in the same category as the old ones because they're like, ah, uh, it's not it's not the same guy. Yeah. yeah. So 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 this brings up something that I was I was reading on IO9 and they were talking to um JJ Abrams, right? Uh-huh. And he was talking about how his whole reveal or the marketing behind um Into Darkness was wrong because his whole thing was that Cumberbatch wasn't spoiler alert. They, they wasn't con. Lied about him being con. Yeah, they lied about him being con because he wanted to keep it secret. And somebody had commented is that in this age of the internet, you can't really keep anything like that <laughs> secret. And so yeah. they kind of flubbed it up. And it and they said it's a lot like the Beatles. We'll never see another Beatles before. That kind of worldwide sensation where everybody's yeah. behind it. We'll never get what another we'll never get another into Empire Strikes Back where I am your father. Because it it would get spoiled. You know? Because yeah, yeah. remember Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader came out and said, Hey, I'm Luke, I'm your father. Everybody go, everybody, everybody goes, What? Everybody and pissed yeah. themselves at the same time. Exactly. We'll <laughs> never have those you moments can't have again. that everybody's dropping spoilers because of the, uh, the world has changed yeah and not I think as, it's, it's the very it's very with, difficult yeah it's very difficult so and i think the same it's thing almost is impossible with comic books too to, to give it to a radio par- silence uh, anything a good parable to that and i'm not going to spoil it because i know you haven't finished it yet the end of breaking bad i know multiple i finished people. it oh did you okay yeah. well you know i'm not going to spoil it because someone's like watching on netflix or anything yeah. like that someone spoiled the ending of breaking bad Three minutes yeah. after it was on Facebook, and then like I, like another ten minutes later, I saw someone else spoil it. I'm like, seriously? There, no, that's the, that's there was a big discussion about that last week because one of the big episodes of Walking Dead happened last week. Yeah, and it's be, it's become so bad because social media. It's not just that it's not just that things go out on social media. It's that for some reason people feel the need to spoil shit. Yeah. Yeah. So. People who saw Walking Dead live on the East Coast were spoiling well, it before people Coast on people. the West Coast yeah. had seen it. <clears throat> yep. And it's, to some degree, now here's my, here's my opinion on the whole spoiler thing, because we're going to move into that territory. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I disagree with the opinion that, like, if you're on Twitter and something gets spoiled for you, in my opinion, that's your fault. Because you're actively searching. You're actively on Twitter, you're yeah. reading, um, or... A or B, you are following the people that are willing to do that, right? Um, Twitter in and of itself is one of those things where it's like, um, I don't think you should be pissed about people spoiling shit for you because they have no choice in you following them. Does that make sense? Also, Twitter is a a mirror of what's going on right now. It's not time zone dependent. And um, I think it's worse on Facebook when somebody spoils because on Facebook... Ostensibly, the people that are that you're conversing with, um, there's a, it's a two way street. You have to request to be my friend, and yeah. I have to approve that request for friendship. So, uh, ostensibly, I'll use the word again. Um, we are there is a there is a two way relationship there. And if I go on Facebook and I post a spoiler, I'm you're fucking I'm, your I'm friends. I'm fucking people who I'm supposedly, <laughs> yeah, supposedly uh, friends, friends with. with. Um, so that's that, in my opinion, is shitty. But Twitter, you have the, the you have zero yeah. because because you have no say in me following you unless your account is private. Yeah, and so also you chose to follow me, so it's your right. It's, the the yeah. onus is the onus is on the or follower. somebody right. retweeted something that somebody exactly else followed and somebody else it's a social exactly, network. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, and that's the thing it's it's a whole paradigm shift. Like the the whole yeah. world has changed, so we can't have that anymore. Yeah. You know, what's and, really and interesting is is to me is that there are stories that. Um, in the greater uh, in the greater view 
there are certain ones that people like refuse to spoil and it's weird because it's it's almost like the quality of the story is is described by how people don't want to spoil it does that make I'm yeah. not, no that makes but, sense There's but, the respect if respect is given to the writing that means that yes it's quality breaking bad is one of the perfect examples where people in my like most people who watch that show regularly did everything in their power not to spoil it for other people yeah. same happens with game of thrones um, that's true. Which, people don't want to so ruin it's, that. So it's it's almost like it's almost like a badge of the quality of your writing Ooh. when your fan base chooses to to actively protect, protect yeah. the spoilers in the show. Hmm. Um, and it's it's interesting. I um, I haven't like uh, luckily I don't I, I don't follow anybody on Twitter that mm-hmm. spoils shit. People on my Facebook will put spoiler warnings. So it's like I, I said this on Twitter the other day, man. If you if you're if you're sitting on Twitter and you're bitching because there's a bunch of people spoiling Walking Dead for you, then unfollow some fuckers. Yeah. Because those are not the people that you should be I following mean, if it bothers you. Well, because it's like, you know, someone said, like, I don't know. So one of my buddies, he watches it and he was like, he was watching, he was walking around dead and he's like, oh man, if you're watching Walking Dead right now, you're probably like, oh shit or whatever, this and that, right? But at the same time, it's like even that, even that, yeah. even that is still like now you know something epic is going to happen, yeah. so you're less surprised by it. Yep. And one day I said, "Hey man, hey, why don't you stop talking about that?" He's like, well, "Why aren't you watching?" It I was like, "Because I'm on the fucking West Coast, dude. Like <laughs> you're on the East Coast. It comes on. Have you don't you ever watch the fucking timelines at the beginning of the show? It says you know six, seven Central, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like right? don't you know? So that means that for you, it's coming on, and it's not those other people are not going to see it for another hour, and just like yeah. and like." You know, and I'm not going to see it for freaking two hours or three, you know, or three or three uh-huh. hours after you see it. So how about you just not talk about it until the day after? Now, if I haven't yeah, watched wait it, 24 yeah, fucking wait 24 hours, four fucking hours. Like, if I haven't watched it by Monday. OK, I get it. Yes. Right. But it's like, like but so what I had to start doing was is that on the day that I know Walking Dead is coming on, I just I just stay off Facebook. Yeah. And and that's and. I, I know for movies and things, TV shows, it's a little different. For movies, I know that me and my friends forever have had, basically, we consider six months to a year is like the statute of limitations on spoilers. If a movie if a movie is out on Blu-ray for more than a month, I don't give a fuck about spoilers anymore. I I will spoil the shit out of something <laughs> because you know what? If you're if it's been out if it's been out in theaters long mm-hmm. enough to have been released on video and has uh-huh. been out on video for a month and you still haven't seen it, yeah. that is not my fault anymore. You're right. Um, TV shows, it's a little weird. I just try and avoid spoiling TV These, shows. Yeah. Period. Uh, like in yeah. a story, and and it's uh, with comic books, it's the same. It's like um, if it's a if it's a fucking awesome story. I'm not going to spoil it for exactly. someone, regardless. Now, this this show is a spoiler. We spoil the shit out of stuff, but it's usually old, it's usually stuff that older you've stuff. Had ch- we, you, you've had warn, a chance to read it. We by tend now. to warn sometimes warn people that, that yeah. there's spoilers. So hopefully, sometimes. people kind of know already. But right, yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be different if we were reading reading an issue of a comic, picked it up that day, and did a show about it. The yeah. next day, I was like, "Well, if you haven't read it yet. It came out today, so if you haven't picked it up, it's your fault." Here, S O L. S O L. So, for the last two weeks, we've been reading uh, the Brian Azzarello Eduardo Riso book, Spaceman. Uh, oh, as I said before, they are the they are the same creative team that did a hundred bullets. They also I, um, they did one of the Flashpoint books that had to do with Batman, and it's great. There was yes. it wasn't even a Flashpoint <laughs> yes. book. I, they did they actually 
did um, the it was an eight issue run of Batman immediately following Hush yeah. was them and it was absolutely phenomenal. It was like it was like this Batman noir story and it was spectacular. They also did um I think I think that was the team that did the Batman story in Wednesday Comics. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I don't know either. Wednesday Comics was great. Yeah. Um so Spaceman is a Vertigo book. It came out and it started in two thousand eleven and it is a um the story of Orson who is a uh, a guy that was bred by NASA to uh, to to be a an astronaut to go to Mars, and he was one of one of I think they said fourteen. Four. Oh, like eleven. Four survivors, oh, something like that. Yeah, yeah four, four survivors. survivors. Um, they were bred uh, to be uh, faster and more hardy and stronger and have the ability to withstand uh, the harsh the conditions, space travel, and the condi- yeah. harsh conditions on Mars. And then, um, according to the book, at some point the um, space program collapsed, and uh, now it it fast forwards and it takes place with him uh it's kind of a post-apocalyptic story it's it's like a it's it's one of those it's one of the standard post-apocalyptic stories where most of the world has gone to shit but there's pockets of civilization where it's it's more cyberpunkish where the apocalypse doesn't happen and society proceeds to go to a point where most things are ruined but not from a disaster Well, I don't know yeah, about that because the city that he the city that he's scavenging from is underwater. Yeah. So something had like, to have there, happened. There was yeah. global warming and stuff like that. But there wasn't yeah. like a nuclear winter or anything. Like yeah, that. It, it didn't seem it, it doesn't seem from the story that there was some like major singular event that created an apocalypse. But Water it's, world light. It, kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, he's got gills. Um, so, Vince. in any case, he's he is a scavenger. Um, he spends his time uh, going out through a, a ruined city uh, that's underwater and trying to scavenge things to sell. Um, and there is the world is kind of separated between the wets and the dries. And the dries is where all the rich people live. Yeah. The normal society is where there's still television and all this stuff. Um, and there's, you know, there's amenities that people are used to yeah um, yeah and then uh, he lives in the rise yeah where the waters rised up and the 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 side story or the main story follows uh, a girl there's a reality show where orphans this is awesome orphans compete to become the next child in the family of these two rich people who are uh, who take in orphans and raise them. So um, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Oh, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. And uh, one of the previous winners of the c- competition gets kidnapped, and her name is Tara. And, and um, Orson happens upon her, and uh, the entire book follows his attempt to return her to her family. Uh, so I, I'm... I'll start by saying that, like my first my first ever um, exposure to Azarello and Eduardo Riso was the, their Batman story. Um, after Hush, no, oh. no, no, no. It was it was before Hunter Bullets, or maybe during, but during at best. It, it had to be during because I know it was it was a. I mean, Hush was fucking ten years ago. Um. So anyway, uh, and then. I had read the first trade of a hundred bullets, but I had never, I hadn't gotten any farther than that because I, um, I read that first trade right when the, um, hardcover, the first deluxe edition came out, which was about two and a half years ago. And 
I decided at that point when I got the hardcover, I decided that I was going to wait until all the hardcovers out and do a and read them all at once, uh, which I actually just started doing because um, you know, we'll get to announcement that. spoiler. Yeah. We're going to be doing that for episode sixty of the show, um, and so now, uh, like after reading Spaceman, I've also read the first four of the five Hunter Bullets trades, so I have a little bit more exposure to their style. Um, I. I enjoyed Spaceman a lot. Like, it, what's weird, and people are probably going to rag on me for this, and I, this might change once I read the ending of 100 Bullets, but I enjoyed Spaceman more than 100 Bullets so far. The um, end of 100 Bullets is very strong. Okay. It does a very good job of putting things together. I, r- I really hope so, because the only thing I'm going to say about 100 Bullets right now is that I'm four trades in, and I have no fucking clue what's going on. A lot of <laughs> shit clicks in the end. We're okay. like, oh, oh. Okay. Ooh. Anyway, um... So I remember the. Th- I'll start here. I remember when Actually, Spaceman. F- what? Well, I, I say. Uh, I, I will sum up. Uh, so when Luke got here this morning, the first thing that, <laughs> like, I literally I see him and we're walking into the elevator to get to my place, and I'm like. Did the end actually happen? Did they did they go to space? <laughs> right. The fact that the end of the story, sort of, doesn't seal up is my only complaint yeah i I think the book is smarter than i am it might be it's either smarter than i am or it's smarter than they are like (laughs) they maybe they tried to be smarter than they're capable of but talking about spaceman yeah yeah. um i the i remember when this first came out a couple years ago and the biggest complaint that i saw online for it was the, the the language the low speak okay the language um, so that yeah they have this kind of pigeony like low speak where there's you know different words for different things so instead of saying I thought this they say I brained it um, and things like that and so it, it's it's odd to me because I remember when hundred bullets was running um, one of the one of the big um, one of the things that Azarella was praised for was his use of dialect. his use of of dialects and oh, yeah. um, colloquialisms and how he is able to you know he he makes realistic uh dialogue from local colloquialisms and and you know yeah jive now, here's and, the thing is Azarello is he american i, I don't know I honestly think, i think he is but i think he's from another country i'm not sure about that well, but that maybe maybe that might be the case that he's esl to wikipedia well yeah because the one thing that i really enjoyed about 100 bullets is that and we'll get into this again but that he does pick up the street lingo very well you know it, yeah everything from when they're in prison to when they're on the street gang members and they're to, wildly different yeah. and he does them right right yes. like you have the prison lingo um there's yeah, from cleveland ohio cleveland yeah okay. um so he has you know different uh different racial dialects yeah. and they, and he does them correctly so they uh-huh. they're wildly different now one of the things that i liked about this is that this is he's clearly he's clearly into his linguistics yeah and in this instance, he uses it. Um, he creates his own. So instead of instead of it being him researching an actual like an actual he lingo, made he made yeah. made one up, and and it's coherent. Yeah, I thought yes. it was pretty successful, and that's what people were complaining about: is they didn't think it was coherent. A lot of people thought that it detracted from their ability to enjoy the book <laughs> because they were trying to understand what people were saying. So for me. Issue one, when I started reading it, I was like, 
I, I was kind of confused because I didn't because I didn't understand the language, right? Yeah. At halfway through the second book, it no longer bothered me. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I was like already like, okay, I get it. I understand what's going on. I understand what braining means. I understand. Like, I, I started to understand. I understood. Yep. The after, thought after, process it took, behind it. It took language. me one issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you make it through all, what was it, nine? Nine, 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 nine issues. If you make it through all nine issues and you're still confused, then you might have some type of learning. So, like I think <laughs> one thing that, one benefit that you guys got is I'm the only person who read it as singles. I, that's exactly I what read I was going to well, say. I read it as singles off of oh, Yeah, I didn't read the, I didn't no, read it. But he read it as singles as it came out. As it came oh, okay, out. Okay, okay, okay. So, the, the problem that I had was like so i read issue time, one over time and i'm like okay this is weird and then i went to go read issue two and i'm like this is weird let me reread so I, I read one then i read one and two then i read one two and you three to keep, you read read one, two, okay three. I and you, you yeah because a month them. gap you forget it you forget it yeah no that makes sense and that's that's yeah. exactly what i was saying to eddie before the show is that i think that it's that it definitely benefits from a single read through absolutely um because I can I can completely understand that that because it because it is a dialect that doesn't exist in the real world, um, it's a little easier to kind of understand some of the hundred bullets lingo because you hear it every once in a while and it's you know it's something that people you watch a procedural and you'll hear some yeah, of the same words right? on TV um, or something like that. So what what I liked about what I liked about it was that he. Like you said, it's it. The structure makes sense. Uh, yeah. The structure of the language makes sense. So, um, I don't know what his thought process was about, like how it came about in his world. But at that point, it doesn't really fucking matter. It, it, that's, yeah. It's unnecessary um, backstory. It's just that's how well. These and there's talk. a separate. There's a separation between the 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 higher the hierarchy of society, the upper they're, class, they're, right? They're they're speaking, yeah. you know, legitimate regular English. But the you know the people that are in the wet the the, the lower class they're yeah. they're the ones doing this job and honestly it relates perfectly to you know most societies or yep. you know how how like I take you take a country like Thailand the upper crust they speak what's called royal Thai and then like the people in the lower class speak like a street a street version of it mm-hmm. and there's a lot of there's a lot of differences mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. just because of how people are raised and brought up and I think that I thought I thought that to me that was one of the most interesting parts of the book of how it related to so many uh, real world you know yeah. real world things how they created these people or these you know these they genetically engineered this type of of sapien mm-hmm. um, to do a certain thing but once that particular thing collapsed, we've now let it bleed into society. Yeah. You could say you could say similar to like um, to like you know post post civil or pre civil war slavery, right? So when after slavery is abolished, you've had all these people that you immigrate into America to do one specific thing, and now this is gone, so they bleed into society. And mm-hmm. I, yeah. it's just like they're so. That's what made this book so very so interesting to me. Yeah, well, uh, it was just going to say that's what happened when society shuts down or whatever because obviously there's not any education system in right to teach language so they're just going to um make up the language as it goes on and there's and it seems like this weird patat um wow this weird pastiche pastiche thank you that's the yeah, word that was for. the word i was looking for <laughs> somebody wants a dictionary you study, yeah. for, <laughs> you, you study but, for the sats <laughs> yeah but um of all these different Parts so that you had kind of pigeon speak or, or gutter speak, and then you have you have this other like internet speak come come into it mm-hmm. with real tea and and um, or real but tea. Carter Carter says lolol a lot. You like whenever yep. he's laughing, he's lolol, um, which is kind of from the internet speak. 
Lola, and then you have, we showed them. And then even in the people in the dries had the had some of this blending of this new language coming in there. They call everything realty and whatnot. And it's just you could set up two different worlds where you can tell that one isn't doesn't have the education system or the support structure, right? And the other one really does. You know, so it's kind of like major society and one that isn't. And that's kind of how civilizations have always gone i i found it like really interesting it's kind of related is like i read the forward to dante's inferno and when mm-hmm. dante's inferno first came out um the church and everybody all the educated people thought it was trash right. because it was written in italian it wasn't right. written in latin right and italian was the the street language and right. it wasn't because it wasn't latin that this was a lower it was class obviously of uneducated, story. right yeah. yeah and obviously that's time is one out over that and and now it's one of the great works of of art Mm -hmm. but in that's that's kind of how it is people kind of belittle the poor people because they don't know what they're doing but they have their own society their own um economy and whatnot with the numb and and making their way through where actually the people in the dries were the people that were all about the money and they're all about media and so they're they don't really have hard life. They're not really having a hard time living. And it's funny when they do they do clash, it's always the people from the dries that end up on the wrong end of it. My uh one of my favorite moments in this book was so after after Orson finds Tara and is um trying to keep her safe and trying to keep her, you know, out of the public eye, um there's a moment where Tara admits to him that she's having fun, right? Like she, that her, her normal life is boring and she doesn't necessarily like being on TV all the time. And that being out in the, in the rise and having people chasing her and all this, all these like underworld deals that Orson (laughs) is trying to accomplish to get like guns and get things to happen. She, she admits she's having fun. And as part of that, she actually corrects herself to the low speak at one point where she says, I think this is, I mean, I brain this is, and it was like, it it was kind of this neat moment because they definitely, you know, they have the upper class people talking mostly normal English. And then the, the other people talking the low language and she's like that, that connection point and then she starts to be like well i kind of like it here and she's so she kind of tries to correct herself to the language and i that was actually one of my favorite moments and that's why it's it's weird that people get so um get their panties in a bunch about the language in this book because to to me it's it's like one of the cornerstones of the story like it's it's one of the it's part of the foundation of the linguistics that he puts into this book is part of the foundation of how he tells this story. Mm. So it's like to, to rag on the linguistics is to rag on Azarello's design of this yeah. entire storyline to me. Um, it's, it's important to the book. Yeah. And uh, without it, it wouldn't be nearly as interesting. One as of, it yeah. is. One it's of, definitely different. And then, and another thing that I really loved about this is that it's really at its basis, a noir novel. Yeah, you know, yes. where where you have a lot like a hundred bullets, where you have them going through the under the undercity, you know, and dealing with the dregs of society, and there's a lot of killing, and there's a kidnapping, and the police <laughs> are following them and whatnot. 
<laughs> um, where I really enjoy those kind of stories too. So it's it's veiled like okay, it's spaceman. It's in the future. You think it's going to be post apocalyptic, but it's kind of noir in that in that fact too. And in order to make that setting, he changes the complete language to almost to a fact that it's foreign. Yeah. It's a foreign language. Yeah. You know, it totally creates this new sci-fi speak in order to, you know, make the setting. And I think he pulled it off really well. I think he, I think he did, too. Yeah. I, think, I think the linguistics in this book are phenomenally well pulled off. One of there are some very technical things that they do in this book that I think are brilliant. Mm. That's I, I mean we're talking about you know the the language yeah um, it's more of almost like a study on class culture and mm-hmm. it is. language as opposed to a story about a guy who may or may not have <laughs> gone to space yeah 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 and it it's it's odd to, to, like I mean, we can talk about the writing I I like the aside from the linguistics I like the storyline I think it's actually um, the way that they designed it so um, he did, you know he has this this culture where all the people in the rise still have access to to television and and all the entertainment that's coming the out of the dries addicted i would even they're, say yeah they're addicted to the media that comes out of the dries cuz it's almost like their ability to live vicariously through yeah. the people that are actually inside yeah and a lot um, like reality to yeah. today yeah and so he um so that that kind of side storyline where he you know orson gets a hold of tara and is trying to protect her and doesn't want to just he can't just waltz back into the dries and give her back because yeah. he's a freak in and of himself right. and anybody who comes into the dries from the outside has to go through this rigorous process of getting approved to go in and um you know he's immediately going to be thought of as the kidnapper and probably arrested right. um so he comes up with this plan to kind of get her back get all the try he's tried trying to get all the way back to their compound without getting arrested first so that he can get her to get her home safely and come and kind of explain himself um and along the side of that is the the entertainment side of her reality show where the people who run the reality show already know where the fuck she is. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that they necessarily set up the kidnapping, but they found they're her at, they're taking advantage, advantage of, of it for ratings, ratings. Right, so for that ratings. they, so they've got this crew, this crew of two that's <laughs> out <boat>. like sur- <laughs> surreptitiously filming her and knows where she is, even though, um, they're not letting the parents and the people involved in the TV show know, because it's going to, it's going to be a ratings the thing. Open water crew. Um, yeah. <laughs> and like that whole that whole dynamic that they have in there, you know, and then all of a sudden, uh, uh, what's it, Carson? Carson? Who's Orson? 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 No, not Orson. The other Carter. Guy. Carter, Carter. Thank you. Carter. I was mixing both of them. Car- Orson, Carson. Carter, Carson. Carson. Yeah. Carson. Order. Uh, so uh, Carter shows up, who's another one of the spaceman who spaceman who has become a bounty hunter, effectively. <laughs> yes, and uh, is has the same same goal as Orson for. Much nefarious yeah, for reasons. nefarious reasons <laughs> for a much different reason. Um, like I don't know. It's just it's it's a nine issue story that packs, in my opinion, about twenty issues worth of of story, story into the into this scenario. And it's it's um, it's like an anti Promethea. Anti Promethea. It's it's uh, I lo- I love the storyline because it's. 
um, it's such a unique take on everything that's that happens in the book. Like oh, yeah. the the way that he incorporates the reality TV stuff and the the cops um, who are you know basically completely against the entire reality TV crew but don't have much choice but to work but with to them. Work with them right? And yep. then at the end of the book, spoilers, at the end of the book, they end up becoming part of their security crew yeah. because, yeah. Uh, I don't know, it just, it it was so, for the first time in a long time for a book, for a comic book that I've read, it was so unique. Like, everything about it was unique. The storyline, yeah. the world that he builds, the language that he builds, the the reasoning behind everything. Like, everything is so fresh yeah and and how we did it too is there was maybe three or four pages at the beginning where they explain hey there's glaciers that are melting um and and so the water is rising and then one of the drug dealers is talking to orson and he's like eh, you're just a stupid you're just a stupid spaceman and you're against god so we already know that okay he's not the normal human he's been mm-hmm. created genetically mm-hmm. and then he's going out to get these satellites and so he's explaining Everything in the world that you need to know right there in like the first five pages. Yeah. And then he doesn't have to address it ever again instead of spending a whole yeah. book like in Promethea to <laughs> to explain one aspect of the well, world. It's, it's similar to it's similar to Wasteland in the way he describes yep. it. Like Wasteland did a great job of, of introducing you to the world without this phenomenal amount of exposition. Yeah. And he does the same thing in this book where it's like yeah, he introduces you to that stuff in the first five pages, but not by giving you big blocks of text that explain right. it. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't take for granted the user's intelligence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you're smart. We're, we're going to go with that, and you know, here's you know, you can you can piece together everything. Yeah, you can figure this out on your own. Right. Everything you need to know is there, and then it goes into the story. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean I I can comment about Eduardo Riso's art, but his art is his. His art is his art. His art is his if art. If you've read one of his books, you understand his art yes. style. Either you love it he's, or you hate it. He's he does Neanderthal, Neanderthal men very well. <laughs> very well. He, uh, yeah. he does also use an amazingly, or he has an amazing use of negative space. Like yeah. the blacks that are in the books are really well. Because they're, they're not used just as filler. They're there yeah. as a, there's a point yeah. to them. There's no, there's, so, the, well, there's no, for me, there's no confusion. Like remember in Wasteland, we were talking about sometimes yep. people looking the same mm-hmm. and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like, there's there's no confusion. There was a slight when I first saw them both. There was a slight confusion between Carter and Orson, but I like how Carter they, has hair. They had, well, they adopt what they did was they also made um made Carter have that overbite with his eyebrows to where yeah, like, he's where the, his head the so giant like, so it, like comes down brow. a little bit more. And also, I think that is a testament to their personality. So Orson has a very open face. You can tell like he's generally pronounced brow. Yes, pronounced, yeah, pronounced brow. brow. Thank you. He's, he's very, a nice he's, guy. He's a you could tell he has a he's a he's basically a nice personality, right? Yeah. But Carter is drawn so that he looks you know yeah. like shady, a little bit more untrustworthy. I was really impressed by the fact that that whenever I needed to tell Carter and Orson apart, I could do so very easily. Exactly. When. Somebody in the book was confused about who was who. Yeah. So was I, which meant which meant that that was intentional. That was intended. It okay, meant yeah. that the artist was was purposely making that confusion happen, right. which is um, which, which is, is really good. The way the way with the way right. they design that is which is for phenomenal. people in that world because these people are different, right? Just like how a lot of people will say, like you know, all Asians look alike. You know, what I mean, sure. So for the people in this world, to them. Orson and Carter are the same fucking person. Yeah, that's you know a really I mean? good point, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, racial jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just um, I like I like Riso's art, and you can tell over the stuff that they have done. Now that I've read a lot of Hundred Bullets and I've read their Batman run and I've read this, you can tell that Azarello and Riso are just they're like. Um, Brubaker and Phillips, right? They're they're just, they just they're sink. they're they a team that together. is in fucking sync and under they understand each yeah. other and they work really well together. Um, and I was, I, it's funny because I was um, when when they did that Batman run, um, Riso's art. That's the only time that I could say that Riso's art was significantly different from his normal style. It was still the same kind of figure construction and stuff, but if you look at that Batman run, he there are times when it's almost Frank Miller-esque in the way he renders like some of the blacks. Yeah. Um so it's, you know, it's intended to be more of that like kind of dark noir like Batman-y, right, Frank right. Miller Batman-y style. Um Smarter's board of brooding. Um but then like <laughs> But then, like, Hunter Bullets and Spaceman are more open. There are even times in Hunter Bullets where he uses that rendering style to convey a specific, like, mm-hmm. uh, like a historical, like, if showing a flashback or right. something like that. And I, I don't know. I, I really like Riso's art for specific things, right? I would not like Riso to draw something like Superman or X-Men. I don't think he has the right style for something like that. But for for the kind of gritty, noiry kind of uh, stories that Azarello writes, I think his artwork is f- perfect. Yep. Absolutely phenomenal. And that's a testament to how well they work together too, right? Like it's the same. Like they yeah. just, they know each other and... They, they understand each, what each other needs to accentuate. Like I'm sure that um, Azarello writes stuff that he knows will be wonderful for Rizzo to draw. And then when Rizzo does his artwork, he's like, I can accentuate this or I can tone this down to match the, the intent of the mood of the story. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to talk about the confusion here because I like this story. I like, I like (laughs) the the vast majority of the 2013 (laughs) I like the vast majority of the story. The story flips between current, current, events with Terra and and Orson on, on Earth, and on, on Earth, Earth and all this stuff happening and scenes of Carter and Orson and Otter Ottershaw Shaw. and one other guy that gets I've, killed the gets four killed. of the spacemen <laughs> he's the sacrificial man on yep. Mars and the storyline that they follow on Mars is that they are on Mars doing Sounds exploration gold. and they find in a basically a volcanic vent they find a huge vein of gold mm-hmm. um, it was and on they're a meteorite was it on a meteorite? I yeah. thought it was meteorite hit the planet because you see. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, right. Yeah, hey, right. Look yeah. at this. So okay, so they find this vein of gold, and the storyline is that they find this vein of gold, and it starts an argument where um, do they keep it secret and try and spirit it back to Earth with um, you know by keep, keeping it secret to make themselves rich, or do they report it and let whatever organization or corporation or Evil government uh, take a, take it over and Evil start NASA. mining this gold. Um, and and it starts a very um, heated, you know, exchange. And a heated exchange that in that results in, you know, a death and an argument and um, an imprisonment. <laughs> so through the vast majority of the book, m- my interpretation from reading it was that these Mars things were flashbacks. That's how it reads, anyway. Um, it reads as though these things are flashbacks that um, happen before whatever um, 
Orson is doing now. Like the, uh, the ostensibly, he went to Mars, came back, space program fell apart, and now he's dumped. he's a junker. He's a junker. And then the end of the book happens, <laughs> and it is this weird fucking Wahlberg Planet of the Apes nonsensical twist. And it it no! actually, what really bugs me about that is that I love, I love all but two pages of this book. The last pages. The last, the last two pages. pages are the last, like, because the, the flashbacks were cool because they showed, f- or fucking hallucinations, whatever the fuck they were. We don't know. Show, um, you know, his conflict with Carter. Now, here's, the, here's one of the things that, that makes me wonder if this, if these, if those are intended to be, like, memories or if they're intended to be hallucinations is that when Carter shows up in the book he knows Carter yeah. he references things that happened between them exactly I, I think okay so I'm, I will I will be the argument of the person who's arguing for the fact that they didn't really happen yeah um, I think that Carter and those guys all did they were together at right, one of point course. but I don't think they went to space so yes he's going to know Carter from the program but yeah. not as an astronaut. Yeah, or, oh, and that's ahead, how they know they know each other because they were pro- they're in programs, and then after it was found out, they were all put into foster homes. Right. So, or so this could also have happened, right? So they know each other, of course, through the program. The Mars flashbacks are a representation of a similar situation that took place, like when they were in a foster home. So maybe they found something of value. They didn't know what to do with it. A guy got killed. Ottershaw wanted to basically be the good guy and tell. And then Carter and Orson are in, are in, in a manner of speaking, in bed together as to say, we want to, we just want to keep the gold, blah, blah, so on and so forth. So, so maybe the, the Mars, the whole Mars venture is, is, is only, is only an analogy or a representation of what they were supposed to do because that was their initial mission. But being that they never happened, they reference, they're referencing something else that happened during their time in the foster home as a journey to Mars. Now, Maybe. I think of, I think it was something different. So Boom. when they when they start out the first, so the first flashback was about them doing the rock paper scissors to see who would go into the the botany or the greenhouse. Yeah, because it was it was failing or whatever. Yes. So somebody had to go back out over there, and it was 160 mile per hour winds. It was a suicide mission, and he goes to that after he takes the numb. Right, and before he, he takes the numb while he was out in the rise, and he's pulling up all this junk, and before he had gone out there, they said, "Hey, you don't want to go way out there. It's better to stay in the rise instead of way out there where the the scavenge the scavenge rats are, right? right? Where the pirates are, yeah, right? Because that's a that's a dangerous mission. You're going to die. Yeah. So I think when he took the numb, that's when he starts. Luke just gave me a weird look. No, I, no, I just gave you a look. I'm just yeah. listening. So when when he takes the numb, he goes into this Mars mission where he's on a suicide mission. and goes out there. Um, another thing is that he gets he gets shot in the head or it grazes his head, and that also flashes him back to when he ruptures his spacesuit mm-hmm. on on the glass and runs out of air and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think mostly. Now this is this is me thinking of it is that those Mars missions were more his internal conflict mm. where where before the guy that died was the guy that was the moral one who said hey no we can't so like take a this good angel back. good angel bad like, 
Yeah, exactly. Okay. Otter Ottershaw is the bad angel. The the guy that died, I think, is Spencer, was a good one, and he's the guy that died. Well, Ottershaw was the guy that wanted to tell. Remember, they locked him up. No, no. Ottershaw was was no. the guy that was trying to kill Carter, and right. that's why they locked him they, up. The other guy was the guy that was going to tell, and then he wound up dead. And they thought, and, and they Ottershaw thought, thought Carter, Carter did it. Right. So yeah. Ottershaw was going to kill, kill Carter. Carter. So now this is where I'm going to try to decipher this: where the gold is Terra. That was their. That was the money that they were going to make. But they were saying there was a discussion about this was no good for us here right. in the rise. The rise is basically Mars, and and the dries is is Earth. Earth. It's it's going to do no good for us here because it's we can't do anything with this gold. Just like Terra in the in the rise is not going to do anybody any good. It's not going to make anybody any money. So they need to get her back to the, the dries or need to get the gold back to Earth without telling anyone. Yes, without telling anyone. And so I, so basically, you have two choices: well. either either the story on Earth really happened and the Mars story is a hallucination, or the story on Mars really happened and the Earth story is a hallucination. Or it was a flashback and they both happened. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that's, that's right. And, no, uh, and no. okay, now here's, here's, here's my issue with the discussion that's happening right now. There are, there are certain times in sci-fi where there are things that are left vague and they're allowed to be open to interpretation. For example, um, is Decker a replicant? Is a perfect example of one where... Yeah. It's wide open, and they don't say, and they're kind of like, hmm, I wonder, you know, what, yeah. what is this? What is this? And there's plenty of ways that you can discuss Blade Runner and f- try and figure it out, or, oh, this happened and this happened, but they're, none of them are, like, definitive proof. Now, the problem with this is that the only reason we are having a discussion about how it happened is because last it's page. confusing. Yeah. And that last page is what makes it confusing. And that last page is aggravating to me because the end, for anybody who hasn't read it, it's this is spoilery. This Our whole fucking show is spoilery. <laughs> um, so he Orson, the way that the thing ends is that Carson or Carter basically um, in a way kind of screws Orson out of his, out of his money. He, you know, he poses as the spaceman that saved Tara Mm -hmm. gets his reward from the, from the movie movie deal and then becomes this famous like dog, the bounty hunter kind of like reality show bounty hunter guy (laughs) while Orson is in prison. Right. Orson's in prison for not very long, you know, for like three months or something like that, mm-hmm. they say. And then Carter gets him out of prison and says, sorry, whatever. And Orson is kind of like, doesn't matter. Tara got home. That's all I wanted. And there's this scene, this fucking awesome scene where there's all these fans outside of the window of the reality show place where Tara lives. And they're, mm-hmm. they're you know, they're screaming and yelling and saying awesome things. And he shows up there and just it's just a minute. Like he has like this eye contact with Tara and she smiles and then he walks away. That is, that's a fucking phenomenal ending. That's like, that is a great ending to this book. And then you turn the page and it's, and it's Orson in his space suit on Mars staring at, well, I guess the moon staring at earth. And he says, Tara, I missed you. And that's it. And it, and I'm sorry, regardless of which way this goes, that doesn't. There's all kinds of ways you can interpret it, but it, it's nonsensical. Yeah, 
Now, see, how I see it is where you see the page before that, it's him leaving the dries. Because mm-hmm. he knows that's not where he should be. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to to the rise. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying before, the rise the rise is Mars and Earth is the dries. And he, he can't ever make it to Earth. He can't ever live fully in in the dries. So he goes back to the rise. Maybe. I, Maybe. The bottom but line is just, it's confusing. Yeah, it's but not, just it's not But it's just like um just like Blade Runner, you never know. You you will never know. And then you can just interpret it so many different ways. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that last page in this book. I'm just, I'm a fan of every fucking thing else. Except but that the last, last page. But that last page. What I think, but here's the, the thing. I think without that last, I think without that last page. Mm. Um, it's too straightforward. I don't know. I don't think no, it is. No, it's not linear. I think I don't there's, think so I think there's all of the interpretation that you guys just went through about what the Mars things mean could have been could still be there. And in fact, I think that this last page would have been way better with zero dialogue. Don't put that line in there. Yeah, just have true. a page of Orson standing there in a spacesuit staring at Earth and and just let it go. And just let it go. Yep, and all of that um all of that discussion that you guys have about how things happened and when they happened and whether they're hallucinations and what's real all of that discussion can still occur and it's more um it's 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 more interesting that way this way it's like it feels when i was reading it it felt pretty cut and dry until that last page and then that last page it was like what huh it doesn't make sense i don't yeah, i don't yeah, get that's so true. i don't i don't know it's it's I don't like that aspect of this book. It's not enough to make me say that that I don't like the book because I, f- I think the rest of the book is absolutely phenomenal. Um, that one page is is it's just a weirdness that I'm okay. just like Meh. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, I'll, I'll start off the buy borrow burn by saying buy, especially the hardcover, the deluxe the deluxe edition that Vertigo came it's out with nice. is very pretty. It's all of their all of their deluxe hardcovers are very pretty. Yeah. Luke, Luke owns um, the deluxe edition of every book we read. <laughs> I try. <laughs> it's funny because on a Black Friday sale, I went out and we're, we're doing Sintitulo in two in two mm. episodes, and Anne had shown up at the last episode with that hardcover, and I, I went into my comic shop on Black Friday, and I'm like, eh, fuck it, and I just bought the hardcover. Jeez. So. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a solid buy for Spaceman, especially if you can get the the hardcover. It's it's really nice. What about you, Eddie? Bye. Yeah. Bye. I enjoyed the story the story thoroughly. I enjoyed the art. Um, I like. I, I there's nothing really I don't like about it. I mean, it's a bit confusing, but hey, if if everything was straightforward and linear, then what would be the point of reading a book? You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Bye. Uh, I love the team. I love everything that they put out. Yeah. It's not. It's a no brainer for me. It's so you brained it's a no brainer. I, 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 I brain, it. I brain it's goody. I, yeah. I brain it's good. <laughs> I brain it's I, goody. I would say um, borrow, buy, get it any way that you can. Steal it. <laughs> if if you don't have so the money buy. to buy it, get borrow it, it from get somebody. It any way that you can. Yes, it's <laughs> it's a great book. You got to read it. If there's a lot going on on in it that you you just need. It's something that you should read. All right, for the next, we've actually got quite a few episodes planned out. But one of the things that I wanted to, we wanted to talk about a little bit is that um, we we have this idea. We're not sure if it'll work. 
so we will uh, we'll say we're going to give it a shot. Um, every the old college try every ten episodes for the uh, for our round numbered episodes, episodes 60, 70, 80, and so on. Um, we're going to do a an epic like a read through of a of a long book that's that's self contained. Something so like some of the ones that we mentioned were Hundred Bullets, um, Preacher. Uh, did you, you say know, Sandman? Did you say Sandman? And said Sandman. So, so books that you know that are front to back, self-contained. Um, we're we're going to try and do a, a read through, and then for those for those round numbered episodes, we're going to do a, a a big review like we did for Planetary on episode fifty. Um, and the next one, uh, so we've got we've got four episodes planned out and we'll go ahead and let um let people know what they are episode 57 the next one is going to be flashpoint the five issue flashpoint miniseries eddie suggested that one mm-hmm. um 58 is going to be sin titulo which is a uh, web comic that ann um suggested that just came out in a in a hard co- an awesome hardcover trade uh and then episode 59 is going to be the first trade of east of west uh which is uh That's hickman's joel. new book suggested yeah. by joel um, and then for episode 60 is going to be that hundred bullet, a full run of hundred bullets, um, which is a hundred issues. Uh, and I've, I've, I'm for, I've finished the fourth trade yesterday and I'm true. I was hoping to get through them all in one day and then that didn't That's fucking not happen. happen. Uh-uh. Um, I, if I, you know, if I had woken up a couple of hours earlier <laughs> than I did, I actually probably could have pulled it off. Um, but I got, I just had shit going on. So, um, I did get through sixty issues in one day, though. Jesus, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, we those are we're going to do Flashpoint, Sintitulo, East of West, and then the entire run of Hundred Bullets for episode sixty. Uh, hopefully, Anne will rejoin us. The 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 newly we, married Anne Bean. Newly, <laughs> it's not Anne Bean anymore, is it? Is it Anatron? Anatron. 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 That's right. Oh, like Bra- yeah. like Bra- like Bradgelina. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Anatron. Because I I don't know I don't know she we'll have to talk to her on the next episode and find this out because I don't know if Anne is the type of woman that would take her husband's last name I don't, think, I don't think she would she's Anatron Bean Anne Bean Beanatrello Bean Patrello Anatron Beanatrello Bean dash Patrello Bean Anatron Bean slash D Patrello interesting anyway I anyway I'll take her last name um, <laughs> Ah Mike Bean Mike, Mike Bean Mike Bean well, uh, and I'd like to say on the show, since since Anne's not around for this one, congratulations, Anne and Mike. Congratulations, uh, taking the big plunge. Guys have been been together for a long time. It's it's good to see forever, you guys got ever, married. Forever, so congrats, forever, uh, ever. So uh, those are our next four shows. Uh, Anne will be back for the next one, hopefully. And uh, I know Eddie, you've got a break coming early next year, but it, that's yes. way that's in f- the future. In the future, so. Um, if you would like to be part of the show, if you'd like to, you know, yell at us for spoilers or talk to us about uh, the shows or the books that we're reading, uh, feel free to email us at tradesecretsatgeekerific.com. Uh, you can also post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash tradesecretspodcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at tradesecretspod, and we are all individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Geek Elite. Math and Andy's at Mathastrophe. Superfly. Joel. Eddie? Oh, Grape Doctor. <laughs> grape Doctor. Grape DR. Grape right? DR. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, um, I'm, like, I'm better than Dr. Pepper. I mean, I think I'm probably <laughs> the most active on Twitter, but uh, we we do 
we do all post on Twitter, and the the main show feed is mostly for show announcements and stuff. But we would love to hear from our hear from our listeners. So if you've got something you want to talk about, uh, if you have a question you want to ask or a comment about any of the books that are coming up that I just announced, uh, again, it's Flashpoint Sintitulo at East of West or Hundred Bullets. Then please feel free to fire us an email or post on our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter, and we will use your questions and comments on the show. Uh, thanks, Eddie, for driving up here on Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Andy. Hail Satan. Thank you, Joel. Mm. Pastiche. <laughs> I am Luke. And S-A-T we are word. out. Work it harder, make it better. Do it faster, makes us stronger. All that